part two of session 33 and we'll finish talking about catalysts now in terms of harvest and polarization let's go In the last video, we talked about catalysts at great extent and programming. And in this time, we're going to expand a little bit more on catalysts in terms of harvest and polarization. There's a couple of questions here and there that basically take us there. So that's um, that's the theme that I would call, you know, is this the second part. So again, we'll be having a lot more um, information about catalysts and I think the important thing, and this is why, you know, to me, this is such a crucial mechanic that exists in uh, in the universe, in our creation, in our lives, especially in our lives, because it does allow us to see how things work and we can recognize them as they happen. Uh, but more importantly is how we deal with them. So that could be a, a whole nother topic. So I try to delve into as much as I know myself, you know, gauge in my experience and others. And, you know, based on the whole uh, uh, model that we have of the creation and how, you know, this works for ascension and the evolution of the soul mainly. So um, speaking of ascension, again, we're going to get to to harvest a little bit and, you know, a couple of questions or um, comments that lead to that. So let's start with the first question I have that we have left over from session 33. And Don is going to ask about a movie that I'm not aware of. Haven't watched it, of course. He says, I will ask you if you are familiar with the motion picture called the Nine Configuration. Are you familiar with this? Ron says, we scan your mind complex and see this configuration called the Ninth Configuration. So Don will ask, this motion picture brought out this point of which we have been talking. The entity, the colonel, uh, had to make a decision at that point. I was just wondering, with respect to polarity, his polarization. He could have either knuckled under, you might say, to the negative forces, but he chose to defend his friends instead. Is it possible for you to estimate which is more positively polarizing, to defend the positively oriented entity or to allow the suppression by the negatively oriented entities? Can you answer this even? And See, before we get into the answer of Rod, you can see that, uh, well, first of all, we don't need to know the Ninth Configuration movie just to know, you know, what the uh, the character had to confront, which was, you know, defend somebody or not and allow, you know, the negative forces to uh, do what they had to do. So you can already see the, the premise of the question here. And I mean, just based on what I know, um, you see that the... the uh, the real answer is, you know, what would you want to do? What would you do? You know, and either choice is fine as long as you agree with it. Ross going to give, you know, a different angle and a slant on it. Um, but that's basically what it is. And that's why, you know, there's no actual question. You know, when people ask you normally, when they ask me, you know, what do you think? You think I should do this or I should do that? I, you know, if I say I think you should do this, that's what I think, you know, that's what I would do. But is that what you would want to do? And if you're confused, you know, by me telling you something, it's not going to help you. You know, it's just going to make you doubt even more, you know, and say, all right, is it what he's telling me right or wrong that I should do something and then it would be right or wrong? You know, so you start questioning even more. And that's not the idea. The idea is for you to genuinely, you know, say, you know, I did this and spontaneously not think about it too much. But, you know, we have that issue anyway. So that's the kind of uh, angle that Don is asking this question. And it's important, you know, to know the the real answer, which is really, you know, your answer. Your truth is the ultimate truth. So Ra is going to say, this question takes in the scope of four density as well as your own. And its answer may best be seen by the action of the entity called Jehoshua, which you call Jesus. This entity was to be defended by its friends. The entity reminded its friends to put away the sword. This entity then delivered itself to be put to the physical death. 
the impulse to protect the loved other self is one which persists through the four density a density abounding in compassion more than this we cannot and need not say all right so the context that they're putting it in is in terms of the um third density and fourth density because in third density and fourth density is where we have defensive action where we have this uh, reaction to defend the self and there is not enough wisdom for us to understand the sovereignty of other entities to do what they have to do there is there is still this sort of um sensation of of relatedness and um you know closeness almost like in third density especially of course you know you feel this this need you know to defend the, the loved one because there is this sense of separation so i mean there's a lot of has to do with perspective in terms of consciousness and how you you see this as an act of aggression or an uh, an act of damaging someone so it's very much third density where we see this in fourth density there's still some of this and this is why again i mentioned in the last video that there is this uh, conflict or battle going between the confederation entities and the orion group of four density because there's still this notion that we can uh, we can defend ourselves and we can attack others so that transcends after fifth density and that's why ra is saying you know this is uh it persists through the four density you know it's uh, it's here in third density and then also four density the example that they use of course is jesus because Jesus, uh, knowing what had to, um, what he had to go through, he, you know, he said, "I, I put myself to the death. You know, I, I surrender myself to, uh, to the empire and let them do what they have to do." So, you know, Jesus. It helps also to know that Jesus was working from four density love uh, and compassion that was his teachings that's what that was his um his catalyst his catalyst was for him to go through this process and because of this he, he polarized to the point that he's now fifth density and he transcended that um that point of view of compassion and um and, and full unconditional love that's the lesson that he brought in here you know to uh, to earth and I don't think we have paid much attention to that. Um, but in any case, you know, he, he didn't sacrifice uh, himself in terms of the, the eternal being that he is. Um, that was just, you know, his contribution to Earth. What we do with it, it's our business. See, it's not like, you know, we're, we're letting down Jesus. You know, Jesus did what he had to do. He moved on. You know, that's just how it works. Of course, you know, his compassion is still with us, you know, his legacy and everything. But I, I guess I just don't want to have the picture of, you know, Jesus being, you know, kind of like disappointed at us. You know, even though we can see it that way, if it, you know, if it kind of incentivizes you uh, or motivates you. But that's just how it is. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's something else that I would say about Jesus. Um, yeah, you know, the, the part that they were, him being for density has that you know uh, possibility of defensive action but because in the density of love and understanding there is you know that that martyrdom that uh, ra talked about in jesus that he decided to go through martyrdom which is you know just put myself before anybody else for the sake of love and um and understanding or compassion with others so because of those lessons that he was, you know, undergoing in four density, he programmed himself to do that, just that, you know, and at the same time, leave a lesson here for eternity, or at least until the end of the cycle. So um, that's what it means. I mean, it really is. And I'll just add in terms of catalyst, catalyst is not meant to be processed in one way. It's meant to be processed by the entity in the way that it seems fitting. You know, catalysts will be uh, shaped uh, or changed or uh, completely discarded depending on the reaction of the entity. So it's not like, you know, if you're in a cyclical, um, 
relationship, say, you know, with the same sort of entity coming back over and over, you know, different people, but just the same kind of entity. Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're failing at something. It's just that you're shaping that catalyst somehow by your own reactions and how you feel about it. And in the end, when you finally transcend that sort of catalyst that you were having, then it doesn't come anymore. You know, um, I love that there is a way to see this exactly what I just uh, I, I explain in the way that um, if you think about it, when you have a problem and you have this, um, you know, this something's bothering you could be something, I don't know, something leaves something dirty in the kitchen. Somebody leaves something dirty in the kitchen and, you know, you see it all the time and it bothers you and it bothers you and it pisses you off. And uh, you all of a sudden realize like, okay, what's the matter? You know, it's dirty, it's dirty, you know, it'll get washed, whatever. And you don't, uh, you don't get bothered by it anymore. It will come back, meaning that catalyst is not so much the experience. The experience will be there, but because you have transcended that, you don't care anymore. And you may just laugh at how much you used to be pissed off at something that is irrelevant because now you see it irrelevant. So it's not like, you know, it's not gonna come anymore. It's just that you as a person would not be bothered by it anymore. You know, and that's where catalyst ends. Catalyst, it can be manifested as an experience or an event or situation, a person, but it really lies within the self to stop paying too much attention to it or stop, whatever it may be, you know, stop being bothered by it, stop being, you know, madly in love with somebody, which, you know, it could be anything. It's just how you perceive it and then how you balance yourself to not feel, you know, one way or the other. So always kind of like the middle way, which is what Raul always said uh, in the past sessions, look at something and look at the opposite. By doing that, you can always find the middle of it because if you're only seeing one side of the coin, you don't know that there is another side and you have a uh, two-dimensional view of the coin where you can see, oh, okay, you know, there's two sides. I can see the middle of it and I can rest there or you can just move from extreme to extreme. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, um, I mean, it doesn't matter because it's your choice, but you know, you know, the point is to transcend from the situation and, and move on. So in any case, let's go to the next question where Don says 33.12. Thank you. As we near the end of this master cycle, there may be an increasing amount of catalyst for entities. I am wondering if, as the planetary vibrations mismatch somewhat with the four density vibrations and catalyst is increased, if this will create a slight amount of more polarization, thereby getting a slightly greater positive harvest because of this catalyst, and in the same way create a more negative polarization, and then get a slight amount more negative harvest by this mechanism of transition that is, unfortunately, somewhat more catalytic than it would be if the planet had reached a higher state of consciousness. Does this happen? So to untangle uh, and just kind of like refresh or <laughs> uh, abbreviate the question that Don is asking, let's put things into context. First, Don is knowing, or by knowing, he's asking that because of the difference the, the difference between our own vibrations as a consciousness, a collective consciousness, and the physical vibrations of space-time right now going into four density, if that mismatch is causing more catalyst and will ca cause more catalyst for the entities to polarize either more positive or negative, that catalyst will be there and if it will exacerbate you know, the amount of catalyst that will happen. It's a very intelligent question because when you see, you know, especially at the end, like he says, you know, if we would have a higher state of consciousness, then we probably wouldn't need that much catalyst. And that does make sense, but the answer is going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, more rounded in terms of how it works. And that's the answer, you know, that we, we would expect from Ra at this point. But that is, you know, that's basically what Don is asking. You know, we have a mismatch of vibrations, very, you know, very much because Ra has said it and they'll put it into context in the answer. And then, you know, if this will create more polarization for the positive and the negative, having a little bit more harvest in the positive and also in the negative because his, 
it's exacerbating the amount of catalyst that we can have and by a result of course we uh, we could because catalyst is not like a a guarantee you know that we're going to polarize because there's more catalyst i mean you can have as many um and we can see it you know with the great awakening that's happening how much you know how much catalyst there actually is you know for people to wake up and you know realize not only the physical matrix reality that we're living in you know the how much the orion group i mean we talk about the orion group but you know they call it uh the cabal or the matrix and the elites the illuminati whatever you know whatever term you want to use for those of orion uh the orion lackeys here so there's a lot of that going on and you know it just seems that people don't care but the catalyst is there speaking of you know interdimensional beings and aliens and ufos and so on there has been a lot of disclosure between the last uh i don't know almost a year maybe a year uh up to now there's been a lot of disclosure but people seem to not care i mean there is com confirmation that there is life outside of this planet i mean think about the news that are exploding right now with this what the uh, official uh, officials have said they said yes ufos are a thing so there is obviously by uh, by extrapolation there is intelligence in other parts of the galaxy at least or other planets who knows but people are just you know going around their business and and again this is not i mean I, it may sound condescending when i say this but it's just baffling to me that the information is there catalyst is available people are not using it so uh, again it's just it just shows how much catalyst can be present in our own lives and we don't see it so this is why the seeker you know it's it really is an internal thing where you you just are more mindful about the things that are happening in your life and uh you you can see you know how you can use whatever experience is coming to you to align yourself with higher self in this case and see the world as a creator one creator creating everything so in any case i uh, just wanted to emphasize that point because that's where the 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 conversation is going to in this question at least uh and we'll have other stuff you know to talk about this and this is why i guess i'm doing this this whole introduction to this part of the question but yeah catalyst is there always and it'll continue to increase this is was spoken 40 years ago more than 40 years now a couple months um but you know we can see now the results of it i mean massive catalyst going on but anyhow you you got my gist already so um let me go to what ross says all right so ross says the question must be answered in two parts Firstly, the planetary catastrophes, as you may call them, are a symptom of the difficult harvest rather than a consciously programmed catalyst for harvest. Thus, we do not concern ourselves with it, for it is a random in respect uh, to consciousness catalyst such as we may make available. Okay, so the first question or the first part of the answer um, is really what happens because Don asks about the mismatch between consciousness and our planetary consciousness and the vibrations of four density may be causing let's call it friction and that increased friction may cause catalyst but what Ra is saying is that that mismatch and that friction what's causing is the planetary changes that we call catastrophes we've been seeing this in nature with the weather with the extinctions with uh patterns in terms of migration of the species and so on i mean everything in nation in nature is disrupted and these um i mean we can even include here i would like to include uh i don't know if it's part of it but i think as a industrial society we also contribute to that that is part of the friction because of our consciousness being so low again population is not waking up to even the facts that we should stop using fossil fuels and we should know that the whole fossil fuel is a scam because we have transcended that uh, energy requirement a long time ago and it's just put in place for economy because we are so blind with money that we just need to continue to produce money it doesn't matter if we have to go destroy other planets for money for some reason i mean money is the carrot in front of the um, people's face 
for whatever whatever it is you know we have to go to war because of money yes we have to go to war i have to kill your family because of money yes you know i have to you know put you some whatever you know there's always the excuse of money because if somehow god forgive for, uh, forbid you know we run out of money we can't eat nonsense we have food we have a planet that is always blooming with food so it's just our methods of how we treat you know any case i'm going on rants here <laughs> but the point is that um that's just you know part of the whole planetary changes to me our destruction of the planet what we call destructions we're not going to destroy it of course we're not maldic and we're being guarded at least you know it's not going to happen <laughs> so um in any case that's the first part of the question in terms of the mismatch of vibration between four density that is already happening in space-time and our uh, dumb consciousness. Again, not to put down anybody, but just, it's dumb. You know, in terms of consciousness, we're just dumb. Um, all right, people will take it as it will. <laughs> so, the second portion, as Ra says, the second portion is this. The results of the random catalyst of what you call the Earth changes are also random. Thus, we may see probability-possibility vortices going towards positive and negative. However, it will be as it will be. The true opportunities for conscious catalysts are not a function of the Earth changes, but of the result of the seniority system of incarnations, which at the time of the harvest has placed in incarnation those whose chances of using life experiences to become harvestal are best. Okay, so the second portion of this, and this is where you can see the, the curve or the curving of this, this question in terms of how we perceive catalyst. There's a couple of things that I want to share here. And the first one is that, um, there's a couple, let's go to the phrases that I think are important. They say that the random catalysts of what you call earth changes are also random. Um, the results of the random catalysts of what you call the earth changes are also random. Thus, we may see probability, possibility forces going, you know, in terms of that, it's again, you know, this is why I preface the whole thing with how you perceive it. So it will be as it will be. So the catalyst, yes, it's happening there. You're seeing, you know, the earth changes and how you react to these earth changes, how you react to from the industrial society that I just described to the weather changes that are happening and the, uh, the extinction of animals and, you know, all this, what we may see as destruction of the planet, which again, perceivably for the human um yeah animals die you know I, I don't eat animal products but i'm not in you know the whole oh we're killing animals poor animals i mean in, internally of course i feel that's why i don't i don't eat animal products but in the end it's not like you know uh, animals animals die you know that's natural i think it's unnatural what we're doing to animals in factories and so on that's why i don't eat animal products but um you know that's another thing people uh, oversensitive and I think this is you know a very uh, deterministic thing about the heart uh, people who are very hard open-hearted they have this reaction to animals and you know rightly so of course uh, but you know they may extrapolate it and go a little bit extreme in terms of their beliefs it becomes almost like a religion you know in terms of veganism and so on that you know oh you can't hurt any animal you can't do anything to animals i mean animals will die you know it's just how it is you know and you will hurt animals i mean you you walk on grass and you you uh, smash some some insects when while you're walking you know are you going to feel bad about that you know that's just nature is that way so how we react to it again i'm not saying you shouldn't care or you should care i'm just saying that uh, how we react to it, whether it be in an extreme, a balance, or the other extreme, and not giving you know a damn about animals, like that's just your uh, your reaction to the catalyst. So that's why they say you know the possibility probability vortices going towards positive and negative. You know it will be as it will be. You know it's there. You know how you do it. It depends entirely on yourself. So catalyst, it's not something that it's presented and it's going to create an outcome. Depends on the person doing the catalyzation or to which the catalyst is accelerating, accelerating their, their progress. So, all right. The true opportunities for conscious catalysts are not a function of the earth changes, but of the result of the seniority system of incarnations. And here we're talking about 
If you remember from, I don't forgot if it was session 17 or 18, around there, we talked about seniority of incarnation. Um, when they talked about this, they said that there is a preference, like they said, uh, those chances of using life experience to become more harvestable at are the best. So those who, in essence, are in time space waiting to be incarnated here and have a higher chance they they require less catalyst and this is why the newer generation are said to have less catalyst than my generation at least or our parents uh, generations because they're they don't need that much catalyst they they actually respond to catalyst in a more um, advanced way and I can see that with my son he's 13 years old and you can you can see that his his response seems to be so wise in relation to how I was when I was 13. Very wise, you know, and it's, um, as much as I want to give credit to myself, I know it's not because of me. You know, like I know where I can take credit of his, you know, his understandings, but other things, since he was a child, and it's not only because he's my child, but other children of his age, because I've had the opportunity to deal and talk to them, they just seem really wise, but the reality is that they have a seniority of um, of incarnation, meaning that they have advanced to the point where they are harvestable. So they give they're given priority here because of harvest. This has gone increasingly more with after 2012, where harvest uh, was uh, started. Let's call it. So again, you know this. See, the function of the earth changes um, uh, will have more opportunities for conscious catalysts depending on these, um, you know, the, these new entities that are coming here. So it also makes me think that if you are here, and this is probably the best message, I'll probably repeat it in the conclusions, um, but we have been placed here by our own selves in our time space because we knew we could deal with this catalyst. So the people who are in a uh, in despair and they are in indifference because they say, you know, why am I here? Why did I choose to be here? This, this is nonsense, you know, this is whatever. They are rejecting their own programming. Anything that's coming to them is being, was programmed by themselves. So they are not recognizing who they are. We are here to deal with this stuff because we knew we were ready for everything that has happened in our lives. It's a beautiful way to see that uh, your past doesn't even matter because everything that you dealt with, you dealt with it already. In the present moment, all you need to know is that you're alive, that you have a shape or a form or that you have a body, that you are part of society, and there you make your choice. That is basically the whole, I have just in, I don't know, 15 seconds, I just said, you know, the lessons of being in the eternal present. <laughs> make your choice. That's the third thing you need to realize. Make your choice. You either manipulate others and you better do it really well so you can polarize uh, towards the negative with control, manipulation, and enslavement. Uh, or you can simply, you know, know that everybody is other selves, other you. And by knowing that, instinctually, you become, hey, you know, all loving. I mean, unless you hate yourself, then you start hating other people. That's why other people are your mirrors. But in any case, you um, you can use this by uh, discarding everything in the past. And this is very Buddhist, you know, of me to say, of course. You know, the past doesn't exist. The past is just echoes of your memories. And whatever memories you have, you know, either they are, you know, so good that you still have attachments to add and you wish you could have that, or they're so bad that you can, you know, you cringe and who you are based on what your past is. So all of that, we can just, you know, turn the page. Okay, I read that page, I know what, what happened, great. Great memories, all of them. They were created by you for you. So, you know, it's a good way to reinforce all this stuff. So again, I'll probably repeat this in the conclusions because I think this is the best part. Um, so in any case, that's, uh, that's what Ra is saying. This is how we deal with catalysts right now uh, it's the best way I can con contextualize this, and I hope it makes sense. And better than that, I hope it's useful for what you're going through, especially in these days. <laughs> All right.
So, uh, Don says, next question. Is this seniority system also used for the service to self side for becoming harvestable on that side? The answer is correct. You may ask one more full question at this time, Ra says, and I'll just make a quick pause here to say that obviously, you know, this seniority, I mean, just like some people are incarnating here for positive, they're incarnating here for negative. So those who need to be polarized, because in the end, the creator doesn't care, you know, for a more positive one or more negative. Those are biased that uh, some people may have and they work in conjunction. What we care is um, um, catalyst for people to make their decision because we're not here to be harvested and recruited unless, well, if you're following the negative path and you are being recruited by the Orion group <laughs> and you have to serve them up until the point of you reach sixth density where you just realize that, oh, okay, all of this was, you know, for naught because we all, we're all one <laughs> in the end. Um, but in any case, that is, um, that's just how it is. You know, negatives also come here to be polarized and, you know, just like positives can come here and become negatively oriented, negatively oriented can come here and become positive. So that is just a function of the will of the, the entity itself. All right, next question. Don says, okay, what I would like for you to do is list all the major mechanisms designed to provide catalytic experience that do not include interaction with other self. That's the first part of the question I'll ask. Uh, I think it's funny because Roger said, well, you may ask one more full query and Don says, all right, I would like you to list all the major mechanisms designed to provide. <laughs> uh, that's funny to me. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I can't help it. I think it's hilarious that Ross said, as usual, because he always said, you know, this is uh, last question, you know, and usually Don just asks something brief this time for some reason. He just said, all right, I want you to list all this stuff. Uh, thankfully, uh, Ra was pretty succinct, and they said, We grasp from this question that we realize that the primary mechanism of catalytic experience in third density is other self. The list of other catalytic influences, firstly, the creator's universe, secondly, the self. All right, so Don is going to a different aspect here, and he wants to, I guess, uh, go deeper into what's uh, what are the catalytic experiences that are other than the self, or I mean the other self, because we know, and Ra, you know, repeated, and they said, we know, we grasp that you understand that the primary mechanism of catal catalytic experience is the other self. Uh, from here, we can actually get a pretty good um, tangent, because when people some people become spiritual you know oriented and want to seek and all this stuff uh there there seems to be a need for solitude or not want to deal with you because you're in such such a lower consciousness and so on that is such a strong mirror you know for people who develop this spiritual pride you know the, the spiritual ego um because you know even there other people are being a mirror to you because how come you feel yourself, you know, at higher consciousness? Or how come you feel like you don't belong anymore in society? You know, how come, what is going on with you, you know? And I mean, I can speak for it myself because I, I mean, I left New York for that reason. I just couldn't deal with the energy anymore. Um, but that's just, you know, I'm following my path. That's another thing. Don't feel bad about anything that you find about yourself, you know, follow it. There's a reason for that. And, you know, in this case, you know that it's the other self that's providing you this catalyst. So the point is not to avoid dealing with the other self. The point is to uh, not engage if you don't want to. That's fine. It's almost like saying, you know, uh, another person uh, causes me harm. So that's my catalyst. And I need to just engage with that person and, you know, uh, be abused by this person. No, 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 no. If you don't want to engage, of course, you know, you don't engage. But you don't avoid it completely. You don't avoid the experience. You take the experience and say, okay, why did I allow myself to be bothered by that? Why did I allow myself by dirty, you know, uh, whatever it was in the kitchen, you know, plates and whatnot? Like, why is that bothering you? That's, it's, it, that's an introspective work that you do here to relate to the other self and love the other self in 
their madness and their problems and their beauty, whatever. Um, so that rise, you know, talking about that. But then after that, the list of other catalytic influences are the creator's universe and secondly, the self. So how you react to the universe, how you react to um, anything really, you know, the, the creator's universe is, you know, from, from anything in front of you that is material to the cosmos, you know, the stars, how you react to that. Um, and then the self, you, yourself, you know, how do you react to the things that are naturally you? I'm not saying, you know, how you react to other people and that's you. I'm talking about the self as the unmanifested self, the, the, the being that is, that's wanting to be, that is catalyst too how you feel about a situation, how you feel, not so much about a situation, but how you feel about yourself being you. You know, if you want to do some silly moves for some reason, you know, you feel like, oh my God, I shouldn't be making silly moves. I'm very serious, you know, I shouldn't be dancing or doing something, you know, like that's, we all do that, you know, in our spare time where, when nobody's watching. So how do you feel about that? You know, that's the self. So uh, Don is going to continue. I mean, this is, this is why I said in the last, video that it's a never-ending session don continues and says can you list any subheadings under the self that would or ways that the self is acted on catalytically to produce experience don's really pushing it here <laughs> ross says firstly the self unmanifested secondly the self in relation to the societal self created by self and other self thirdly the interaction between self and the gadgets, toys, and amusements of the self, other self invention. Uh, fourthly, the self relationship with those attributes which you may call war and rumors of war. So, again, um, the question that Don has, let me just reread it again. Subheadings under the self uh, that would act as uh, produce catalysts that would produce experience. In essence, you know, the self that I just talked about, the silly self that is dealing, you know, with who the self is. Uh, they say uh, this, the self unmanifested. That's the the one that I, I don't know. If you have pain for some reason or some sort of disease or impairment for whatever reason you don't know, that's the self unmanifested. And you know, silly moves go there too. <laughs> Secondly, the self in relation to the societal self created by self and other self. In other words, how you feel, how you feel that this self, the one that I am, how do I feel? You know, in this society. How do I feel in, you know, in the, in, uh, in the culture that I live in and how in your relation to it? Sounds like third chakra, solar plexus all the way. Thirdly, the interaction between self and the gadgets, toys and amusements. Um, this, of course, is our relationship with ourselves, with other, you know, these things that really take our time and our energy. We invest so much energy in these devices and... You know, how, how do you deal with it? I'm not saying it's bad. It's how you how you interact with them. How how do you use them for knowing yourself? What is it that is informing you? Again, you know, all of this can be sound like, you know, oh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. Nothing to do with that. It's catalyst given by the experience. It's just how do you react to it? It's almost like when they give you a trick question and you just want to see how you answer it. Um, there's a guy that you may be familiar with in YouTube called uh, 434. And uh, I never forget one of the interactions that he had with machine elves where he was talking about, um, he was talking to them and they they wanted him to uh, repair a ship or something, or they would draw something and tell them, you know, we want you to see something here or answer this question. And whatever the answer, they would just satisfy with it because it wasn't an intellectual answer that requires specific answer just you know how you interact with it uh so you know much in the same way is um is what you do it reminds me even of uh, the little prince i think it's called in in english it's a french book where uh the little prince wanted you know the person one of the characters or the main character to draw something and he drew you know um what looked like a hat it was just terrible drawing he said that it was a terrible drawing but it wasn't a hat. The, print, the little prince realized that it was uh, a snake after eating a, an elephant. And, you know, he could read the intention in the drawing. So it's really how you interact or in your intention. Great word here. 
how you have your intention in terms of that. So that's what it is. And with our electronics, our toys, whatever it is that we amuse ourselves with those inventions, how we interact with those. And fourthly, the self-relation with those attributes which we call war and rumors of war. Um, war is probably the biggest manifestation of negatively oriented agendas. We go to war because we have that. However, see, and this falls into the same category. I'm not saying that everybody that goes to war, like say, you know, the military, the vast majority of them, they're doing it for a good reason. Uh, I mean, we can see it differently, but they think, you know, they're being heroes by defending their country because that's how they brainwash them. Again, you know, not to be offensive, but that's just, you know, how it works. And, um, you know, uh, killing other people sh should never be justified for any reason from my respect. But see, some people may see it, you know, as them defending, you know, their family, their friends, their country, their patriotic and so on. Uh, so, you know, the, how you react to that. So again, I'm not saying, you know, that it's good or bad to go to war and kill other people. Um, I may have my own biased opinions on it, uh, but in, it's how you react. It's a catalyst, how you react to that. And I'll bring to, um, to conclusion on this question, the, uh, the example of Muhammad Ali. You know, he was required to go to Vietnam and, you know, he said, uh, to hell with it, I'm not going. You know, and he had to, you know, be stripped down from his titles and his boxing career for a couple of years. And see, he used that experience and the catalyst to become even more, um, I'm not gonna, I don't like the, the word famous in this way, but you know, he became a, a, a sort of, um, um, what's the word? I can't even think of the word. Um, public announcer. You know, he just became a public figure talking about, you know, against the Vietnam War. You know, he used that in a way to say, uh, we, they, this is not the fighting that I'm, uh, that I'm talking about that I like, you know, I, I want to have an artistic type of, you know, sport. This is not the same. Like, I'm going to kill people, innocent people. That's not me. So that is a reaction to war or rumors of war that um, that I can fit into this, you know, that Ra is saying. And you can see, I mean, I relate a lot with Muhammad Ali. I don't know what you think, but I believe that was a, a very noble way of saying uh, no to war. I'm not going, at least I don't care what you do, but I'm staying here and I'll go to jail if I have to. Either. either I mean, he didn't say that. He actually said that he wouldn't go to jail or go to war or to the military. He would just like, you know, justice. So, in any case, uh, let's go to the next question. So, 33.16, Don says, I was thinking possibly the catalyst of physical pain. How does this go under this heading? Ra says, uh, this, is, uh, this is correct. Oh, maybe I read the question wrong. Thinking possibly the catalyst of physical pain. Does this go under this heading? The heading of self? Yes. Uh, Ra says this is correct. It going under it being the catalyst of pain. Going under the heading of the unmanifest self. That is the self which does not need other self in order to manifest direct. That's a pretty simple and straightforward one. Don says, do we have enough time to left uh, time left to ask the second part of this question, which is to list all major mechanisms designed to provide the catalysts that include action with other self. Do we have enough time for that? I don't know why Don was, like, I mean, he was excited with these questions. So in any case, he's just asking again, I, I got lost laughing. Um, do we have enough time left to ask the second part of this question, which is to list all major mechanisms designed to provide the catalysts that include action with other self. Uh, and Ra is going to say, you have much time, much time for this. For we may express this list in one of two ways. We could speak infinitely, or we could simply state that any interaction between self and other self has whatever potential for catalysts that there exists in the potential difference between self and other self. This moderated and undergirded by the constant fact of the creator as self and as other self. You may ask to this question further if you wish if you wish specific information. And um, if you think the session is ending here, you are wrong. We still have much more to go. <laughs> um, 
couple of things I can take out of this. First, you know, Don wanted to know more on the headings uh, or subheadings and the major mechanism ne mechanisms that uh, provide catalysts and include action with other self. This being the primary, we explored already the ones that are not primary. So, um, or the primary, um, say call it. Uh, this this is. Uh, Catalyst provided by other self. So we, we went back to that. And Ra is saying, you know, that, I mean, this this really is, I mean, how can you, how can you create or expand on this other than saying that it's completely infinite because your reaction with other self depends on the mismatch that you have with that other self. Why? Because if we know that another person is the creator and you are the creator, whatever difference you see between them and you which is natural is catalyst that is there that's what they're saying when they say uh let's see they say two ways we can speak infinitely because that or we could simply state that any interaction between a self and other self between me and you has whatever potential for catalyst there exists because listen if i see you as a brother and I love you for that, or as a sister, um, you know, that's that's great. You know, we see each other pretty much almost like creator to creator, which is not necessary for this density. But, you know, that's it's a good metric, you know, for us to see how can I see the creator in you? That is the way. Um, but on the other extreme, I may see you as a monster, as a, you know, I don't want to see you. You know, you are, I don't know, white, black, uh, Asian, ugh, you know, you're taller, you're fat, you're whatever, I, I, ugh, I'm, you're not me, you're something completely different than me, I'm so proud of my country, I'm so proud of my physique, I'm pr whatever, all those uh, illusions of separation that I may have with you, that is my catalyst. So it it's beautifully said here. I just love the way they how how do they use these words? I don't know. Ra shocks me. They say this is moderated and undergirded by the constant fact of the creator as self and as other self. That's what they mean. The potential difference between self and other self. That's it. I mean, I, I can't say it any better than. You know, whatever difference there is between you and another person and uh, and you perceive it as such, that is your catalyst. R that right there. Whatever you see, you know, in another person, you may not see it with a beloved because you love him and you're like, you are mine. You know, that's why you're mine. This is where, you know, <laughs> third density romance can get really out of control when you are so in love with somebody and you say, wow, you know, you're so me that I love you because I love myself. So, because <laughs> a little scary. Um, but see, you know, the difference is, you know, the villain. Oh, the villain is, he's not me. He's completely opposite of me. Well, that villain, you know, is great catalyst for you. The beloved, not so much. Unless, you know, when you get, obviously, you know, you get married or you get start living with the person, you start seeing all those things that you say like, well, you know, you're not like me, actually. <laughs> you're different. That's Catalyst too. So whatever difference, you know, I'm just putting extremes here. So uh, it illustrates the point. All right. So let's go to more questions because remember when 20 questions ago, Ross said that was the last one. And Don says, mm, I believe that is sufficient for the time being. And Ra says, all right, do you have a brief query or two before we close this working? But Ra seems to like it because they say a brief query or two. Hey, listen, you know, you want to keep asking questions? We love to answer. So <laughs> I just think this is funny. Uh, I put it just as it's it's in the uh, listen version. Don says, uh, just a minute. I don't think that anything I could ask at this time would be brief enough. Just a minute. Sounds of papers being handled. Yes, there's one question. Is there any difference in violet ray activity or brightness between entities who are at the entrance level to four density positive and negative? Really good question to finish this up. Ra says, this is correct. The violet ray of the positive four density will be tinged with the green, blue, indigo triad of energies. 
This tinge may be seen as a portion of a rainbow or prism. As you know it, the rays being quite distinct. The violet ray of 4 density negative has in its aura, shall we say, the tinge of red, orange, yellow. These three rays being muddied rather than distinct. Why this is such a cool question is because they perceive us as a combination of our energies and our colors in our aura in the violet ray. So violet ray, crown chakra, is where we uh, sum up all our colors, all our chakras. And they perceive it and they say, for harvest, they just see, you know, how bright they are in terms of polarization, which is needed, you know, for... They're not picking you like, you know, a vegetable. <laughs> you are the one. I mean, they know, they need to know if they're moderating this, you know, in terms of incarnation and so on. And they can see maybe, I mean, this it's just a vision that they have from the point of view they, they, they stand. But anyhow, I'm not here to defend anything. People would see it as they will. Um, but in any case, you know, that view allows them to see who is negative and who's positive. The positive ones, as you can see, because the energy flowing from your three lower chakras are being used to energize the upper ones. That's why the tint is green, heart, blue, throat, indigo, third eye, and it's very distinct. So the positively oriented uh, entity, or that is, you know, for harvest, ready for harvest, exudes these colors. It's like a prism, you know, of these colors, and they're very distinct. Whereas the other one, the negative, is closing the heart, not using, of course, the throat chakra, and using the indigo. So uh, the mixture of it would be of the three lower ones, because it's being so energized by this closing of the heart and strongly polarizing throat towards the negative that the tinge is red, orange, and yellow. Red, orange, yellow. And these three rays are kind of like mixed, muddy, rather than distinct. So um, that's just, you know, how they see it. I thought it was a very cool question. Not much we can take out of this other than, you know, the beauty of the art, the interdimensional art. <clears throat> so, Don, uh, I told you, this is a never-ending session. I think we have 20 more questions from Don. <laughs> uh, Don says, just as a slight appendix to that question, what would the rays of fifth and sixth density look like? Ra goes at length. We may speak only approximately. However, we hope you understand, shall we say, that there is a distinctive difference in the color structure of each density. Fifth density is perhaps best described as extremely white in vibration. The sixth density of a whiteness which contains a golden quality as you would perceive it. These colors having to do with the blending into wisdom of the compassion learned in fourth density. Then in sixth, the blending of wisdom back into a unified understanding of compassion viewed with wisdom. This golden color is not of your spectrum, but is what you would call alive. You may ask one more question, briefly. You think don't ask one more question? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, so, um, this is how fifth and sixth density is seen, you know, in terms of their colors, right? Uh, I think that was the question. What would the rays of fifth and sixth density look like? Yes. So, here's here's the thing. We perceive colors in a way that is not the same way that other entities perceive energy. Because colors are just a manifestation of energy. Just like your body is a manifestation of energy. Sound is a manifestation of energy. Electricity. Heat. So on. This... All energy is vibrating differently, and it depends on the configuration of this octave. Obviously, every octave has different layers or densities of consciousness, infinitely, of course. Uh, but in our cake, layer cake, of densities that we associate ourselves as a mind-body-spirit complex, we perceive things differently in one of those. I actually drew it here for the uh, my Spanish channel. I mean, it made a video. <laughs> talking about the densities of consciousness, and that's what you see in the background, if you can see it. Um, those layers, the perception of vibrations is different. And this is present here in Ra's answer, but they're using the term color, you know, to kind of um, 
answer this question. And they say, you know, that there is a distinctive difference in the color structure of each density. To me, that means vibration. Uh, fifth density is perhaps best described as extremely white in vibration. See, uh, extremely white because uh, for some reason, I don't know, I really, I'm not a physicist, you know, in interdimensional physicist. I'm not even a physicist here. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's, there's some, there's an intrinsic value in terms of fifth density vibrations that makes it seem uh, sort of white, very, very white. Uh, the sixth density of a whiteness which contains a golden quality because it's kind of mixed with fourth and fifth. Of course, uh, when you move to sixth density, you are balancing. Your lessons are of balancing love and wisdom. So the mixture of those two vibrations that you're dealing with, you're dealing with those two vibrations, then the perception of it would be of a golden quality. Why? I don't understand. I don't really know. But we know that the golden quality is perceived not only by uh, esoteric, talking about the pure energy of the cosmos is of a golden quality. It's more white than golden, but it has, it's almost like a white tinge with gold. And I remember a shaman telling me this, you know, back in the days um, when they were talking about, you know, what you see, because this is, I mean, this, you may see this in a psychedelic experience or plant medicine work, an altered state of consciousness, but it's very much expressed with people who have taken large doses of DMT, uh, smoke DMT, which I'm not really a fan of, never done it, I don't think I would ever do it, uh, and even to a, a greater extent, uh, Bufo alvarius, which is that little frog uh, that has um, that, uh, that more potent... Uh, tryptamine that I love I just figured I just connected it, it says tryptamine what a trip <laughs> uh, people report seeing this brightness this gold you know really bright light that you know that is pure energy so um, because of that maybe you're I mean that's what people are seeing because you're actually I'll just talk about buffalo various here and just my speculation this is why I, I believe it's not such a helpful thing for people who are in their uh, not knowing too much about spirituality, dimensions, uh, state of consciousness, death, and all that, because it's a it's it's a really huge uh, experience. It's not a vision. It's not something. It's something that I mean, it's a huge experience. So I don't want to linger here too much, but that. Uh, that is what they're seeing. And how can they comprehend that if they are in a third uh, density consciousness, plus they're pretty much asleep. And I'm talking about people who are, you know, very much in need of therapy and they go to these sessions and they are, I mean, it's a, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's how useful can it be if you are not aware of so many other things and the misdirection that you may have, You are, now you're open to influences from both sides. Anyhow, I might make another video talking about this. It's a delicate topic in any case because it may sound like I'm being you know, biased one way or another. I'm just, just trying to depict as usual, as philosophers do, we tend to do, is just you know, challenge the notion of what people are doing um, to provoke you know, a sort of uh, introspection. That's all I'm trying to do. In any case, that's the golden light I think they're talking about. When they talk about this, they're talking about sixth density and you know, that's... To me, it makes sense. It may not be. I'm just, you know, rambling here. All right, last question. Aha. Then I will ask if there's anything we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact. This is a question that I never include, but for two reasons I wanted to include it here. First, because it was a never-ending session. And second, because Ross says, this working is well. You are attempting to be conscientious. We thank you. We may say we enjoy your vision of our social memory complex drinking one of your liquids while speaking through this instrument. I am Ra. I leave you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth then, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. So, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, yeah, we, the last question was like seven questions ago, but um, I wanted to include this because I'm not sure why they said this the first time. If you read the other sessions, they 
have, they talk about the you know the contact and all this stuff but they say here that they enjoy uh, his vision Don's vision of Ra drinking something uh, from Earth <laughs> I don't know what that meant uh, I, I kind of researched but I couldn't find anything if you know or if you do a research on this let me know in the comments because I thought it was funny and they thought it you know it was funny too they said they enjoyed it so whatever uh, so yeah that's the end of the session Adonai they say and I say conclusions we took out I think the best like I said was that <clears throat> how we process catalyst and how we see catalyst and um, I honestly forgot what I said back then so rewind to that part if you want to hear it again because I'll probably forget now uh, but yeah the the way we take catalyst is really what's important how we use this reality that is coming to us because we program it we made this reality we didn't make the you know the the elites out there trying to manipulate us we didn't make you know the uh i don't know the decadence in in society we didn't make you know the destruction of nature and so on but we are here to react to it and you know people may say i'm going to protest because that's fine that's what you're here for good luck good deal go forth then rejoicing in the power of the one creator um do it do it do it do it whatever you feel that you are here for just do it i think that's the best reaction that we can have don't think about it too much you know your intuition knows but it helps to know you know to come out of that victim hood uh, complex where we feel that we're victims of society we're victims of oh my higher self put me here I've heard this a lot this is why I'm mentioning it I've heard a lot of people saying you know I don't understand my higher self why am I here you know in all this mess I would not have I would not have decided you can see the human mind getting there and saying I would not have decided to be here at this time you know in whatever I don't understand my higher self you don't have to all you need to do is this is why faith is important if you know it then you don't have faith you know and if you have faith you don't need to know it so you just need to flow with whatever it is you know whatever happened to you I'm not saying don't have a reaction be you know completely neutral or force yourself to be neutral react to it you know if you are you know in agony react to agony you know if you're sad react with sadness you know don't try to control yourself controlling is the worst thing we can do uh, but it helps to know in the back, in, you know, in the background of our, of our minds that we decided to do all this stuff. We decided to put ourselves through all this, you know, and that's just, it will be as it will be. But Catalyst is there. Catalyst was programmed for us, by us, because we knew we could deal with it when we program ourselves. We knew what the planet was at the time when we said, we, if we go right, and this is why I think, you know, uh, death comes earlier because of the um for a lot of people because of their inability to deal with the current situation this is why you know longevity has to do with how you know calm you are you know no stress you're fine um and i mean we can go on for a while here but that is you know just how it works unused catalyst always ends up in the physical body and is processed as illness so why why go through that if you want to I mean fine but now that you're aware of it you know just be as much you as you can that is the best way I can put this as much you as you can and there you will find that there are a lot of blockages you know that are put by yourself because of external influences so anyhow uh, this is it for session 33 I hope this conclusion is as well uh, useful as usual uh, session 34 we'll talk about other stuff now we're getting more mixed in terms of there's a lot of uh, personal stuff there from the uh, from the LNL research group Don Jim and uh, Carla but um, you know there's some other stuff there we'll get to that I uh, thank you very much for always watching this now seem to be you know the, the thing for an hour so thank you very much for tuning into the law of one material the raw material 
and also for listening to me ramble about you know my interpretations and my takes on things like this. I hope you're creating a better coherent um, model of philosophy for the creation and how you feel with life. That is the purpose of this. My purpose usually is to um, the, to share um, my coherent philosophy, the way I, I see it for myself, so others can maybe reflect on that and create their own structure. So with that in mind, again, thank you so much, and I'll see you in session 34.